The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songhez on SAFM. This week, scientists made a landmark discovery when ragweed, a highly allergenic weed native to North America, was recently detected in South African pollen spore traps for the very first time. While the threat of allergic plants such as ragweed migrating southward has always been a concern, little did researchers know it was going to show up so soon. Ragweed is incredibly invasive and its potent pollen has been problematic in the U.S. for some time, even decades. KwaZulu-Natal residents are most at risk as ragweed pollen has recently been detected there at the Durban monitoring site of the past few days. And a small population of ragweed has also been found on the banks of the Val River near Heidelberg, 50 kilometers from Johannesburg. To talk to us about this phenomenon, what it means for our health, what it means for the ecosystem and our natural biodiversity, Professor Johnny Peter is on the line. He is the head of Allergy Unit at UCT's Lung Institute. So good evening. Thank you so much. Good evening, Sanjeeva. How are you? Well, thank you, man. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad, yeah. Should I be concerned? What is ragweed? What is its potential effect on me? What is its potential effect on the environment? Please tell us, Professor Johnny Peter. Yeah, so ragweed or common ragweed, it goes by a whole lot of sort of um, kind of colloquial names. In America, worryingly, one of its names is hay fever weed. So its scientific name is uh, Ambrosia. Um, Ambrosia and the species is Artemisifolia. Um, And really it's a native of Mexico or the kind of North American Canada regions, but it's now found really widely spread across the Americas, increasingly across various parts of Europe, Asia, uh, some of the northern parts of Africa, and, and sadly now we've seen it in South Africa. Um, to give you some context for this, and like from a, just from a health perspective, Please. in North America, it's estimated that ragweed is responsible for half of all patients with allergic rhinitis. So it's an incredibly allergenic uh, species of plant. So, so you know, there's several hundred different plants and different pollens, and obviously not all of them cause mm. any allergic symptoms. So the proteins that are in ragweed are just those that you know people will make an allergenic response to if they've got any genetic susceptibility. So from a health perspective, that's obviously the concern about uh, a plant that's not previously been here, sort of getting hold and potentially spreading. Um, because you know they've done modeling data, and, and, and this has come to stark relief, obviously, with climate change, which is why we've also been looking for it. But mm. in modeling data from Europe, for instance, with the temperature rising, they're seeing ragweed invading more north, right? So as the temperature is going up, the plants are going further north. And what they estimate is that in the next two decades, they're going to see sensitization go from 33 million to 77 million people. So, so it's not a small problem. Um, no, it's not. And, you know, this, is, this is why we kind of sounded the alarm, because we hope something maybe can be done about it when there's still small, uh, small little populations that we can control. Would the northern migration of the ragweed itself be because it prefers cooler conditions? So it prefers sort of like a subtropical kind of uh, conditions. So as the temperature rises, it will, you know, in the northern hemisphere, it will migrate north. And in the southern hemisphere, kind of south, south, it doesn't really like the hot, dry environment. So it prefers more of the kind of humidity uh, so more of a sort of subtropical region. So that's why in our southern hemisphere, we see it kind of migrating 
from the top downwards, if you mm-hmm. kind of understand that. Let's have a conversation in terms of now what, in fact, even prompted the research and the monitoring because because it is native to Northern America, obviously it's not native to South Africa or Southern Africa and South Africa in particular. What were the triggers that got you as the scientific community sufficiently concerned that this is something we might have to deal with? Because as the research tells us, it's from the Northern American part of the world, but how did it get you one, two? Before we knew how it got here, what was the interest in monitoring its presence or not? Yeah, so I think I think that goes back a little bit to, in fact, why we've been interested in monitoring pollen uh, in general. So, so yes. um, kind of if you go back in sort of South African history or across different parts of the world, we've obviously been interested from a kind of environmental point of view to know what's in the air, what's the bioaerosols. But actually, this has been very sporadically done. We've tried through various research funds to keep a kind of unbroken monitoring in Cape Town. Uh, some of the time, that's just we've used our own uh, research money, and that and that's applied. We applied applications are quite wide for pollen monitoring. They include sort of, you know, as an allergist, which is what my my job is. I'm interested to know what's in the air because that's likely to be causing people symptoms. So then I can guide my testing for allergies, uh, and I can be helped to kind of look after individual patients. Um, we can also start to see, in the more data we have, we can also start to see trends that are happening. Now, the problem that we experienced is that in other parts of South Africa, there simply wasn't any data. So we had a pollen calendar from the 90s. That was the last time anywhere in Gauteng was monitored. Some parts of the coast also haven't been monitored ever. So uh, in last season, I basically, together with a teams of scientists from several universities across the country, we have been fortunate enough to set up a, a, pollen, a South African pollen monitoring network. Um, we've got a, a, a pollen uh, count site. It's called www.pollencount.co.za. It's called the Real Pollen Count. And with several uh, commercial sponsors, we have managed to get sufficient funds because pollen monitoring is not cheap because it requires a bunch of experts. It's a trap, and I can explain a bit about this too. But, but essentially, we've managed to set up seven traps across the country, including traps in the major cities, Durban, Johannesburg, Pretoria, Bloemfontein, PE, Cape Town, and Bloemfontein, and Kimberley. So, so, so that's where we are. And our reasons were obviously for individual allergy sufferers that I've mentioned. But yes. the, other reason is, the other reason is because of climate change and actually from a lot of data that stems from European monitoring of ragweed and somewhat scary modeling uh, around ragweed um, changes with climate change. So some of the data, just to bring it, bring this uh, again further to, to emphasize why we're making such a big deal about this, is from, from uh, data that we have, largely again European and American data, where they've been monitoring rag, ragweed pollen for a lot longer, what they've shown is that as the CO2 is going up in the atmosphere, ragweed pollen is actually becoming more allergenic. So the concentration of protein uh-huh. in each grain of ragweed is getting more, right? That's the one thing that's happening. I've obviously mentioned to you that with the climate change, ragweed's now going and migrating into new areas, and that's going to have big impact on, on sensitization. And then also, of course, with climate change, we're seeing pollen seasons increasing. So with that background, we actually thought it's really important to start to know what's happening in the Southern Hemisphere, what's happening in South Africa, uh, and start to monitoring things. To be honest, we actually didn't expect to find ragweed this, this soon. So we've only this is only off, you know, really into the 
second year of our project. So, mm. so it's pretty alarming that it is already here. Hopefully, though, actually one of the spin-offs, and, and we're already talking to kind of the ministries around this to try to get some local action. If we pick this up early, we can put in urgent strategies to try and you know, see if we can control this before uh, it spreads, because there we're are strategies talk, to do that. We're going to talk about the strategies. A recurring theme in what you're saying in terms of the spread of this pollen of ragweed is climate change. Would it be attributed to anything else in terms of the movement of persons between countries in the advent and times of rapid urbanization and migration, really, because we are living in a global community? Would that have any impact? Um, I mean, it's, it's difficult to say, um, and, and obviously it could contribute because, you know, it can come, ragweed seeds can be spread across with other seeds sort of as contamination. But actually countries are pretty good in trying to monitor, uh, you know, seed spread. Um, but one of the things that's interesting about the spread of ragweed pollen is uh, due to its kind of unique characteristics, it actually can sort of get up into the atmosphere and it can get onto kind of uh, various winds uh, and sort of atmospheric conditions and travel for huge uh, distances. So it can travel up to, say, 600 kilometers from where it might uh, originate. So that's, again, uh, a, a factor that's related to its biology and its unique kind of abilities to invade new areas and spread that, uh, that, 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 that is alarming. In fact, one of the things that's interesting is now that we have this finding in, in Durban, what we need to try to work out next is where the, where the ragweed's coming from <laughs> to try and mm. see whether we can actually track down a small, because we don't think it's a lot of plants at this stage, to see if we can actually track it down and, and, and do something about it. But so I don't think that necessarily there's that much uh, that's coming in, you know, from seed spread or contamination. I think it's actually being spread in the atmosphere, uh, rather. Why then would it manifest for the first time in the east of the country, in KZN? I would imagine because it comes from North America in terms of how it can spread, for instance, through the air, it would make first contact with the west coast of the country, or do I have it completely amiss? No, no, no. The, the, the pollen, this is not going to have come from as far, far afield as North America. So it's already in, uh, in parts of Asia. It's also been found in some other African countries, including Mauritius. So it's even okay. possible that it yes. has come yes. the other way. <laughs> so Fair there's point. some other geographic regions uh, where it's more likely to have come from, potentially. And as you say, I mean, there is a possibility, too, that it comes with other seeds or other contamination. That's not, a, that's not totally unlikely. Sure. You're a lung specialist. Now, let's talk to South Africans who are already vulnerable as it is for want of many reasons. Now, this might be an added burden. The less said about NHI and the conversations taking place there for a moment, the better. Let's talk now about the hazardous health effect, ultimately, if this were to spread ragweed pollen, that is. Yeah, so I think it goes back to, you know, the estimates for our country of who suffers with allergic rhinitis and who suffers with, with asthma. So we estimate uh, from data that was quite old already now that South Africa, and this is across socioeconomic uh, strata within the country, has a sizable burden of allergic rhinitis up to possibly around about 70, 17 to 20 million people suffering with that's hay fever. Now, mm. we know that hay fever and asthma go together, and so, you know, a, a, a proportion, but fortunately not as many, uh, maybe sort of 5 million will suffer with comorbid asthma. And obviously, asthma is a much more life-threatening uh, problem. Now, if you look at those two conditions, 
uh, they are the commonest, uh, together with also with allergic eye disease, so that would be allergic conjunctivitis. Those three conditions are the commonest things, and the main trigger, triggering allergies for them, are pollen-related allergies, or you know, often they'll be referred to as seasonal allergens, and then things that are more uh, perennial, persistent, things like house dust mites. So yeah. what we're really talking about here is pollen allergies. Now, the bulk of pollen allergy in, the, in South Africa would be attributable largely to grass pollen. So things like rye grass, Bermuda grass, those are the common uh, grass allergens we see. And then also tree allergens. And that, things, that, that includes things like um, oak trees. Um, uh, we see pine allergy. Uh, so, so some of the common tree and plane tree is another one. The northern hemisphere are also invasive trees, actually, to South Africa, commonly. Um, and then what we're seeing would be the, if Agweed was to join that, what you would see is both existing allergy sufferers having, having more symptoms or now getting a new problem to worry about. And then potentially what you could also see is people that have not previously been allergic developing new symptoms. So the problem is already big. Fortunately, hay mm. fever you know, it causes a lot of morbidity and probably has a bigger economic impact than it does on an actual effect on life, lives, mm, uh, mm, the lives mm. lost. Um, but certainly asthma has a sizable uh, effect. And our asthma, um, although our asthma, like overall prevalence in South Africa is not as high as some other parts in the world, we don't fare very well on our mortality rates from asthma. So we could still do a lot in the area of care there. So, so at the moment, obviously, we found a small amount. So... You know, we're not sounding the alarm across mm, the country. It's not mm. like everyone's going to suddenly be sensitized. Let's hope but, these strategies. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. But what, what we need to do is we need to try and if we can get control of it, we can obviously get the problem under control. But if it's a problem that spreads and this becomes a uh, you know, persistent allergen in South Africa, well, then in the future, we will have to deal increasingly with this problem. Let's hold on to the increasing problems because there are strategies in place. Professor Johnny Peter, head of allergy unit at UCT's Lung Institute, he returns after the break. SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangaung. Songes on on SAFM. We're in conversation with Professor Johnny Peter, head of the allergy unit at UCT's Lung Institute, talking to us about ragweed pollen alert in South Africa, recent discovery. Before we talk about the strategies to which you referred earlier on, Prof, um, can you just tell us what typically somebody will experience when they are dealing with ragweed pollen? Because just as the break was on, my producer who lived in the state of Atlanta in what state of Georgia, you know what I'm saying. Georgia, yes, Georgia yeah, in the United Atlanta, States. Atlanta, Georgia, she, yeah. Atlanta, Georgia. She experienced this, and it was, in her view, terrible. When she says terrible, what does she mean? What is the typical experience of somebody who suffers from ragwood pollen? Yeah, so, I mean, um, allergic rhinitis, the typical symptoms that people experience are either uh, nasal, or, or nasal symptoms, profuse um, running nose, sneezing, often blocked nose, that can often go hand in hand with itching. So that's one of the characteristics of itching. It's itching nose, itching eyes, often swollen. People can have swollen eyes. Um, and this, these symptoms can go on, you know, as long as the, the, the counts are above a certain threshold in the air, which can be for several days over the flowering season, which tends to be in sort of mid to late summer. Um, which is what we're seeing, you know, where we're picking this up now. And then obviously people may also experience uh, kind of itching. Some people may even get sort of hives or urticaria. And then if you get asthma, people will find they actually develop a tight chest. 
so that's the sort of typical spectrum of allergic symptoms. They can be triggered by any uh, offending allergen, and obviously ragweed would be uh, a very common one, as I mentioned, particularly in North America. Very quickly, please, because we have all of 60 seconds, and that is unfortunately how much little how little time we have strategies talk to us about strategies even highlight the yeah. one or two key ones so the, the the first strategies obviously would be if it's small populations mechanical strategies right so actually going and finding plants taking them out uh, and then there are obviously various weed killers uh, and chemical strategies and what they're employing just is uh, the last kind of more exciting strategies are biological strategies and some European research networks looking at this so some sort of insects that do various kinds of things to disrupt the life cycles of these plants. Uh, and people are really exploring those kinds of options. So I think in the short term for us, it would be just practical, mechanical, find the plants, take them out if, if at all possible. Um, but obviously, if the problem became more established, these research networks are looking into these more uh, long-term and more broad and sort of uh, solutions that may make a bigger impact. Fantastic. Thank you so much to you, Professor Johnny Peter, head of the Allergy Unit at UCT's Lung Institute. And perhaps I think we should sort of pencil in a date whereby then you can return and just give us an update in terms of what this research is yielding as time progresses, yeah? That would be great. And I think also for listeners, if they want to check out more, we're going to put some more information and we'll put some news clips and things on our website, which is www.pollencount.co.za. Excellent. www.pollencount.co.za. Look out hopefully the podcast will be on soon the name is professor johnny peter and i'm sure there would be more reading as well at the allergy unit at uct's lung institute thank you so much 2146 johnny peter is out and in with the soapy when you were taken